0: Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sorry, Delamotte, here with you today. I'm so excited to be here with you. How's your year going so far? I hope it's been amazing. Well, today we're talking about how to design an alliance with jurors and other people as well. And you might say, well, I've been listening to you since the beginning, sorry, and you've already covered this. Yes, I know that, but I didn't call the podcast episode uh, How to Design an Alliance with Jurors and I can never freaking find it when I need it. So I thought I'd finally do it, dedicate a whole episode so that we could always find it when I refer people to this material. By the way, this is what people ask me about all the time, this Designed Alliance, because it's so out there it's so different than what anyone else is suggesting so i really wanted to give you a clear idea both in title so you could find it again and what it is i'm talking about when i'm talking about a designed alliance with jurors now if you have the from hostage to hero book there is a version of this in there so that you don't have to write all this down but it's morphed and changed even since the book came out and how i think about it and so this is the most up-to-date information on the designed alliance so let's first talk about what is a designed alliance. Well, it really is this simple. It's something that you and a person or you and a group design together in terms of how you're going to be together in a process. So for example, in coaching, I'm a coach, Coach K here at the business, he's a coach. When we first have our first meeting with a client, or even a sample session with a client. We design together with the client. We say, here's how this goes. What do you need, right? Here's what I'm gonna provide. What are you gonna provide? Here's my questions for you. What are your questions for me? How would you like to handle this? For example, if we're starting a new coaching agreement, how do you wanna handle confidentiality? For example i never release the names of my clients unless they give me permission to do so for example we're sitting at the bar and we're we're having a drink remember those days (laughs) and someone came up i wouldn't ever say oh and they say how do you know so and so i would never say oh i'm his coach or i'm her coach unless i had permission to do that so we design all of that in the coaching container now the, the question is why why is that design so important well that design is so important in the coaching relationship because there needs to be total safety between coach and client as they enter into looking at All the stuff that the client's going to bring into sessions, stuff they're going to look at and have to process through. And I'm going to be asking questions and we're going to go deep on some things. And if we don't have this container where we both feel like our needs are getting met from both sides, I feel like the client's showing up, the client feels like I'm showing up, we're both giving our best, then we're not going to have a great coaching experience. Now you can design... With anyone at any time, it doesn't have to be a long relationship. As I said, it could be a 30 minute sample session and you design that just in that 30 minutes. But relationships of design are incredibly powerful things because of of a couple things I want to talk about now. First is that it makes things safe, right? When we both have say about how a process is going to work, that creates safety because I have had my voice heard, you've had your voice heard, we've together designed how we want this to go. Which really brings us to the second reason why relationships of design are so powerful, and that's because of accountability. Once you design how you're going to be together, if someone doesn't show up in that way, either coach or client, there's a lot of permission there to speak to that and to say, hey, We designed that this is how it's going to go. Why isn't it going this way? Why are you doing the thing you said you wouldn't do? Or why would this happen? In fact, and many times there's a redesign. So you are working together and you're finding the way you designed originally doesn't work. So you get to redesign. It's very, very powerful. It keeps the empowerment in the relationship. Nobody ever feels like they are. One down. You know, I oftentimes have clients come into sessions and we're not talking about jurors necessarily. They're coming in and they're saying, I don't know how to deal with this situation with my colleague or I don't know how to deal with the situation with my uh, paralegal. And my question always is, well, what's the agreement? Did you design? And they're always like, no. <laughs> I mean, this is the, the paradigm that we've been handed down, right? If you're the boss, then you just say how it goes and then people are supposed to do it. And that's not really how people act um, most of the time, right? They have their own reasons, their own needs, their own ways of being. And until you sit down and you design with them, and you say, this is what I need as your boss or as, as your colleague, whatever it might be. And you say, what do you need? And they say, well, I need these things, which is always a very enriching conversation, then you can design together, well, I'm willing to give this, or how do you want to be held accountable for that? Or, And now when the paralegal or the colleague or whoever else does not act within the, the agreement, you have total permission to go back and go, hey, what's up? We designed this. What's, what's happening over there that's not allowing? Do we need to redesign and it allows you so much permission and so much empowerment on both sides, which really leads us to another reason that relationships of design are so important, and that is they, they really increase investment. Investment is what we're after in any kind of situation, right? I mean, think about this with employees. We want our employees to be invested not just there because they're getting a paycheck, right? We want them to care about the work, care about our mission, care about all the things. And it's really difficult for them to care about all of those things when they haven't been involved in the design. When we they haven't been included in the process. They're just told, "These are the things you need to care about, so get to it. Let's start caring about it." No, so there's more investment when you bring on a new staff member or you're starting your own firm. Man, what a great time to design with everybody how things are going to go because then you have a container in place of safety. And when things don't go right, you have accountability. And you also, by the very act of designing, you have investment. Now, how does this work with jurors because obviously this is a little bit different than it would be with say an employee or a colleague or even a family member or a friend which is another place that you can design Kevin and I design all the time in fact it's very common language in our home for him or I to go can can we design something here or can we redesign something here because this isn't working what we talked about before it's a great marriage saver I'll just tell you that right now designing is huge in any relationship because again it gives power to both parties and that's really the huge part when it comes to jurors remember when we're thinking about the from hostage to hero method jurors feel they don't have any power and you know what they really don't not at the beginning this is why telling them how powerful they are and oh you're so powerful and we just we couldn't do this without you and all that stuff they just look at that and they're like this is this is bullshit they don't feel powerful again they're forced to be there they told where to go they have to ask permission to go to the bathroom in many cases they don't know when they can leave they feel very powerless. so a design is needed and that's one of the things i noticed right away when i started working in the legal field especially after i got my coaches training I'm like oh my god one of the reasons why this feels so awful for jurors is they have no say If we look at the SCARF model, which you've heard me talk about hundreds of times, remember that's from David Rock, Your Brain at Work. He has this model that says these five factors, the brain either views as a uh, reward or an attack based on how we work with them. So status, right? If we increase someone's status, brain thinks that's great. If we decrease their status, threaten the status, brain's like attack, right? Uh, Certainty, if we give a lot of certainty, that's good. Not so much certainty, brain views that as an attack. Autonomy, right? How 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 free do we feel that we can move in our lives? Brain thinks that's great if we have a lot of it. If it's limited as it is with jurors, not so great. Relatedness, the more we know people, better. If we don't know people, not so great. The brain also views that as attack. And again, fairness, we need to feel like the process we're involved in is fair. Think about how jurors think about the trial process brain attack. So the designing with jurors really gives them some power back especially in the in the place of certainty, well really it, it's all of them because it gives us certainty, it gives them autonomy, some of that back and it gives them an increased status, right? Because now we're saying, I want to know what you think. I want to I want to bring you in on this process. And so This is why we do the design. Now, let's talk about before we talk about what the design is and the different ways you can do it, what you're doing now and why it doesn't work. (laughs) Because it's not great. Um, Here's what I'm seeing a lot of different things. One of the things I see a lot of is Uh, well, let me tell you about this process and you're so important and this is your constitutional right and this may not be the right case for you and a case down the hallway might be a better case for you and jurors are thinking blah, 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 blah. First of all, it's a lot of fucking talking and not by jurors. It's just more talking by you. Then I see things like, you know, we're here to, to determine whether, you know, you're biased or not, which immediately just feels awful for jurors. They're like, oh, really? So you're saying that I can't even figure out how to be fair here. We do all the, the well, but it's just because, you know, you know you've know you had things happen in your life and it would be totally understandable. Jurors aren't buying it. They're like, so, so let me just get this straight. You don't think I can be fair, Right. That's how jurors think about that when we do all of these things or this is your important duty and you're so important, all that stuff. Jurors don't, none of those things are a designed alliance. Why? Because you're not involving the jurors. It's all you putting stuff on them, hoping it makes them feel better about what's about to happen. It doesn't. It never does. You know this. It just, it never does. It doesn't work. So how do you actually design With jurors, that's the question. Well, I'm going to share with you how I have designed a design, but really you can design any way that makes sense to you as long as it is an equal process or as equal as we can get it. Okay, I was just in the um, Wadir circle in the H2H crew. That's one of our monthly events. We're actually going to be adding more very soon uh, where you get to come in and practice Wadir and we've got four attorneys in the hot seats and the other attorneys are playing jurors. And I tell you, so many of the attorneys playing jurors that I learned so much just playing juror, not just playing attorney. But we were in there and we were having that process and, you know, we're talking about about the design and. It was so interesting to see how many people had never even thought about designing with jurors and giving them that opportunity. And we were talking about how, why that's difficult is because it is such a formal process, right? Trial is a formal process. We're in a formal situation, we're in a courtroom, everyone's in suits and, right? Part of this work, if you buy into the From Hostage to Hero method, is that you have to go against the system. You know, I gave the, the, the example in the Voidir Circle. It's kind of like when the police are called to a domestic dispute, and one police officer is dealing with what's ever happened, and the other police officer's got the kid over in the corner and with the teddy bear, and is like, How are you doing? What's going on? That's your job for jurors. They're the kid that's stuck in between. They're like, I don't know, these two people are fighting, and I don't know what this, the hell is this about. Right? Your job is kind of go, here's a teddy bear, right? You're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine and kind of shut the system out. But that's difficult because you have to go against the system. That's why it feels odd. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. Absolutely should be done. All right. So knowing that, this is how I like to design with jurors. So this is one example, not the example. I like to start by saying what I think they're thinking. Now, this is what we call confirming a juror's sanity, and it makes you look smart because it makes you appear as though you get what they're going through. I don't think any attorney I've ever seen did this before I mentioned it. Now, tons of attorneys are doing it and loving it. And here's what it is. It's saying something like this. Good morning. I bet many of you are thinking (laughs) that this process is one where we get to ask questions and you have to answer and based on your answers we get to decide who's good for our case or who's bad for our case and then we make decisions based on that information and we either throw you off or keep you on whether you want to be here or not who here thinks that's that's probably what we're here to do right and you get some laughs from the during they're like yeah i think that's 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 kind of how it is right so that first step in my design, again, it's just my design, it doesn't necessarily need to be yours, is to confirm sanity, okay? So then after I do that, of course, I've never done this because I'm not a (laughs) licensed attorney, but when I've seen the attorneys do it and when I teach doing it, the second step is to say, I don't like doing it that way. I don't think that's fair. I think you should have more say in this process. And so what I would like to do is to have a conversation where we talk about some of the principles or the issues that you're going to have to wrestle with in this case. And then after we have that conversation, I'm going to ask who here, after knowing a little bit more about the case, would like to be a juror on the case? Because I I really prefer that we only have jurors here that want to be here. Who here is willing to have that conversation and then let me know afterwards whether you'd like to be here or not? Now what you've done there is quite important, is that what you said is, non-verbally or otherwise, look, you have this conversation with me, you're going to learn a little bit about the case, but you also have an opportunity to tell me if you want to be here or not. Now there's no juror in the world that's going to give up that opportunity. You mean I can tell you I don't want to be here and you're, you're going to let me go? Now, we'll get to that let me go part in just a minute, because you're like, but I don't know if I have the power. Sorry. Well, wait, wait for it. All right. So they all raise their hand or most of them raise their hand. Don't worry about the ones who don't. That's fine. Okay. And so then you say, all right, couple of caveats. First caveat is as we talk about the issues or the principles in the case, we can't talk details. I can't give you evidence, I can't, I'm really going to stay away from names, um, those types of things, because that's not the part of the trial that we're in. So we really can talk very generally, and that might be really frustrating. In fact, it is frustrating for for a lot of jurors. Knowing that we can't talk about a lot of details, but that we'll be talking about what issues are involved in the case, are you still willing to talk to me? Okay, so this kind of gets around that whole, you know, well, I'm going to get to know all about the case, right? No, you're not. So then you get jurors to raise their hand. And those of you who are trained in sales techniques will also recognize how many times I'm having the jurors raise their hand, right? So I'm doing that on purpose. I'm getting them to say yes to me, right? By giving them what they want. I'm also involving them in the process. I say, okay, one other caveat. And that is, at the end of this process, when I ask who here would like to be a juror in this case, if there are some of you that say yes, and there are some of you that say no, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that happens. Those of you who want to be here get to be here. And those of you who don't, don't. But do know I do not have complete control. There is another side represented here. And they also get to make some choices. And that means that some of you who maybe didn't want to be here may still have to be here. And those of you who may wanted to stay may get dismissed. Now, knowing I don't have complete control and can't guarantee that you either get a seat or don't get a seat, are you you still willing to talk to me? Now notice how much credibility you get with that. You really are saying, I'm gonna do my, my best to keep my promise. And by the way, you need to keep your promise. I don't care how good that juror is for you. If they said they don't wanna be there, you don't want them there. Let them go, if at all possible. But also notice what I've done. Those of you who are listening and not watching the video, what I did when I said, there's another side represented here, is I turned and I looked. Now what I've done is I've said, look, if you don't get to be here or you don't get to leave, it's their fault, not mine. Just by looking and gesturing over to the other side, I assign that responsibility to them. And that's huge. Now, I have found the Designed Alliance works beautifully. Jurors love being a part of the process and saying, okay, I'll have a conversation with you. Yeah, it's okay that we can't talk details. Yeah, I'll let you know if I want to be here or not. Yeah, it's okay if you can't guarantee it. And there again may be some that you cannot guarantee. You may need to use a peremptory challenge on them. They're not going to talk to you. They don't want to be part of this, whatever. You don't want them anyway. You don't want them anyway. You may have to ask them some questions to try to get a cause challenge out of them. And you you can say, look you said you didn't want to talk to me i do have to ask you a couple of questions um and and this may be exactly what you're looking for you willing just to answer a couple questions and i'll leave you alone something like that you might be have to do but in general what i found in all the juries i've observed i haven't had anyone who's said no i'm not willing to talk No, ever not once i've never had that happen the point is whatever design you use it has to be you it has to be your words i mean steal away. You're free to use this. The, the point is just to design. You have to bring jurors in on the process. It could be anything as simple as, you know, I'm about to ask you a bunch of questions, but that doesn't seem fair. Do you have any questions for me either before or after, right? Let them ask you questions and say, I'll answer if I can. There's some things I can't answer. Um, but anything that you questions you about the process or, or of me, um, before we get going, that's a design. Right. When, when, when Nick Rowley stands in front of the jury and says, will you talk to me? Will you be brutally honest? He's designing with the jurors. He may not call it that, but that's what he's doing. The point is to bring jurors in so they're not so fucking pissed at you that they're being forced to do something they don't want to do and to give them their autonomy and to empower them. We say how powerful they are. Actually give them the power. I'm interested in hearing your ideas on designing. That's my idea on designing. And uh, now we can actually find this podcast episode because it'll be titled correctly. Hope that was helpful. See you in the next one. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode.